Hey guys, welcome to the Not That I'm Anywhere podcast. My name is Nathaniel Kapanos, and today my guest is going to be Henry Ramos. Uh, I'm super stoked to have him on. He's a good friend of mine. Uh, he's a lawyer in downtown Orlando and uh, a partner in his law firm, actually. He was a regular at the, one of the bars that I used to work at. Um, he's a dope dude, and he has a lot of interesting opinions on religion, on art, music, things like that. And uh, I think that he ended up asking me more questions than I was actually asking him, but uh, it was a really fun conversation. I didn't realize how funny he was. We were laughing the whole time. And it was actually the third podcast I had done in like an entire list of podcasts uh, for the day. So this, this was the, the last podcast I did when I was up in Orlando. I did three in one day because I'm a crazy person. But um, yeah, anyway, we, we get a little bit of philosophical at the end. There's some technical issues uh, with the mics that I didn't even realize was going on. Uh, you know, first day doing it, so giving us a little bit of slack, but I think the is good. I think it warrants being listened to. Uh, there's an awesome section of this, a, a really juicy story that uh, I couldn't really tell that's gonna be on the Patreon, so if you wanna listen to that, just go ahead and sign up for the Patreon and help your boy out. Uh, I'll be traveling and doing cooler, better stuff with the podcast, and maybe I'll be able to make some fun videos and shit, like depending on what you guys are interested in. So uh, yeah, so today's guest, Henry Ramos, super stoked about it. Uh, listen, like, subscribe, there's a bunch of clips up as well. Uh, liking and subscribing really helps out. So guys, just go ahead and click on like on, or follow on a couple of these videos or subscribe or whatever. Uh, it definitely helps the channel out. Uh, I know this is like the second one that I've uploaded. So thank you guys so much. Here's the pod. My name is Nathaniel Kapanos, and today I have a close friend of mine, and hopefully the most boring guest that we have, and we'll never have him back, according to him. There's no doubt yeah, that that's Henry true. Ramos. Yeah. Uh, thank you for coming on the podcast, my friend. You're welcome. Cheers. I'm uh, happy to be here. A virtual cheers? A virtual cheers, yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, COVID, we're very compliant here. With yeah, the, uh, we're six feet apart. Yeah, so it's, uh, it's a very health conscious, uh, I appreciate that from you. I feel comfortable. <laughs> I do. I feel, I feel safe. Do you feel safe and validating yourself? I do. I feel. I feel. I feel incredibly safe. I was a little petrified before, but yeah. 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 In your own office. In my own office. Yeah. yeah. Well, conference room, but no, yeah. Nothing. Nothing is sacred. No. Nothing. No. Uh, I do think that it should be. You know, it's important for the record that this is. You know, when you say, "Hey, will you be a guest on my po podcast?" The very first thing I said is, "What? Like, who, no one wants to hear." what I have to say about anything. So like no one gives two shits like what I have to say. So I appreciate you humoring me by saying, no, I want you anyway, because I need to really like prop up my other guests. I need a low bar yes. and you're, I'm the low bar guy. So yeah, yeah, yeah you are. I, I, just, I slated you last. <laughs> I put you on the last Yeah, slide. I'm third, I'm third in the day. It's, it's, it's yeah. one o'clock in the morning. Like yeah, what's yeah. going on here? Jeez. Yeah, we're drinking wine out of a cup. You know, it's like I really, really class it up for this. Yeah, one. it's very classy. It's not. I made other people drinks. Not only is it a, you made other people drinks. Yeah. Here we're you drinking uh, wine from a pet store. Yep. Yeah, it's it's, um, pet, it's pet wine. Pet sounds. It's a it's a uh, uh, it's an album. It's actually in a album. cup from the Florida Police Chiefs Association. This makes me feel safe as well, though. This is a very safe space. Nineteen ninety two. Yeah. Interesting. It's a good year. I'm 93, actually, so... Oh, you're 93? Oh, well, this must have been an annual conference. Com com commemorative. Anyway, we really hit the ground running here with entertainment, so I'm sure uh, people have already tuned out, but that's I fine. I think so. I was going to tell you that I'm, I'm, I'm planning on using... Uh, Neil and I are actually in cahoots, and 
He's gonna. We're gonna take excerpts of this, and we're gonna get you canceled in some type of way. So. Oh, um, the canceling <laughs> is sure to happen. Yeah. I, I immediately called one of my friends, and I was like, "This. That, here's the problem. I can't even really say what I think because, <laughs> you know, my job lends itself to like, well, I have corporate clients. I have, you know, I gotta, you know, I can't let the, you know. Well, l- luckily, this podcast will. I, I'm not interested in in politics as a whole. Conceptually, yes, and uh, maybe like you know, I'll tiptoe through the tulips when it comes to certain issues. But I mean, really, this podcast is—I want to—I think I explained it to you when, when I was talking about it. But it's about the why and the how, and and, and much more interested in those things than like like I'm not going to be—I don't—I don't, don't want to know, and I, I don't really care what your you know what your views on the divisive topic like abortion is. Like I, I could care less whether you think it's right or wrong or that you believe in this or that, that's boring to me. It's a boring part of culture that it's very important, but I get bored because of how often people talk about, like, this is right, this is wrong. I, I'm much more, if you think that, like, let's just say you think abortion's wrong, I'm so interested in, and it's much more beneficial and rewarding, even if I disagree with somebody, to find out why. Like, maybe they, they lost a child or maybe they can't have children or whatever the reason is. And so, you know, I think that that's really interesting to me. I like that. I like those conversations. So you're not going to have to. I won't. I won't. Oh, I'm not. I, I, I wasn't going to let that stop me anyway. But so that's okay. Good. I mean, okay, I, I wasn't going to hold back. But um, so you're trying to get canceled? No, but I think. It, well, I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, that's a pretty awesome thing. You know, it is he's, cool. he's been canceled. It's, it's um, somewhat a martyr. Aspect yeah. Right. I mean, well, you're a nonconformist. You like kind of going against the grain. So yeah. it's almost kind of a you know, it's toot your own horn. But um, no, I couldn't agree more. I think that it. it the conclusions are often boring. Yeah. Where do you stand on this topic? Where do you stand on this topic? Regardless like of how controversial. Yeah, I mean, because it's it's just, it's so common. What is much more interesting is how you got to those conclusions. What's the why behind it? Um, and, I mean, part of my job is I've got to always be able to look at both sides. So mm-hmm. even in discussion, whatever you want to talk about, I don't care, but, like, we can look at all the angles. That's way more interesting than, like, let me dig in to this conclusion and die on this hill and uh, there's nothing you can say that could persuade me otherwise that's that's just no fun it's also not how people work in everyday life i mean you don't sit there and enter into a conversation you know in the coffee shop or the bar or the gym or wherever you are you know ready to dig in and 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 defend your position that's not how it works you know certainly not yeah no it isn't and and no one and no one is i is as idealistic as they, you know, might purport themselves to be. You know, there's there's so much gray area within everyone's lives. I always like to bring up uh, superstitions. Everyone has like the like people. Sometimes people don't want to step on cracks. Sometimes they don't want to walk in front of a, a black cat or this ladder or or whatever or the thirteenth floor or this thing is haunted or whatever. Mm. There's all these little superstitions that they and they might be silly or small or they might and, and maybe you just do it because you're like, ah, well, I don't know. I've always done it. But everyone, every one of us does something like that. That's like, you, you might even know that it's stupid or that it's not logical, but you still kind of do it. You know what I mean? And maybe it's an OCD thing that you don't want to step on cracks. Or maybe you touch door handles or whatever it is. But like, we all do little idiosyncrasies like that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, everybody has. What are yours? Have you already done this? I'm, I'm third no, in line. I'm third in the podcast. So I'm trying not to regurgitate material the here. The soapbox of the podcast and the why and the how has been regurgitated a few okay. times so I'll probably chop and screw that but the my, my I don't know what my, mine are uh, uh, I don't know 
know. You don't know. You just brought up the superstition superstition topic. You've got I, 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 you've got so no have... prepared material. You're the host. I What's know, happening I here? I know. I don't. I don't have that many superstitions. I'm just interested in other people's superstitions. I let's see. I do. I do. I do a few things. Um, well, you got to. Ha- all right. So I don't believe in. Ghosts. Let me ask some leading questions. Yeah, all right. Sure. So you've you've been a performer in your life. I'm using that term loosely, but certainly in your job tending bar. There's a performance quality there. I've DJed. Right, you've DJed, right? And 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 uh, I mean, I guess other musical elements, but maybe that yeah. you could put that in the DJ category. So certainly, as a performer, most people—I could speak from my own experience in another life—but there are certain elements of pre-show routines oh. or superstitions that belie that kind of you know performance quality. I mean, were the things that you would do. To prepare that you would kind of consider superstitious there there are there's a few things when i used to compete in sports um this is a very common yeah that's trope. the comment right right this is okay. very sports common. sure the sports one is there's a few have you given give your resume give your sports resume you know when I, like when I, was, kind of, kind of, I, I was a competitive uh prospectively competitive collegiate athlete i had a scholarship to run um track and cross country or well, cross country and then track if it went well uh in college and then i lost it because i got sick uh but uh, when I was when I was competing at that higher level, I yeah, you're not supposed to have sex before the meet. Definitely because it diminishes your testosterone. Is that the this That's, is like the boxing and, kind of thing, right? And, it's and like it, it also because <coughs> you're less of a man afterwards. Is that how it works? It is, yeah. Because you have post nut clarity. You're like, why am I running? Post <laughs> hold on, what post nut clarity? Yeah. Wow, I've never I've never heard that term. Okay, so is this like a known term? I don't know a lot of things in pop culture, so that's peanut gallery says. I've never heard. Oh, oh. post nut clarity. But see, that sounds post nut clarity. That seems like a good thing to me. Um, it is because now your mind is. I mean, that I I can identify with that. Like, oh, I'm a little I'm a little foggy. There's a female comedian that says that post so post nut clarity is like 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 obviously you 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 finish and you're like ooh. Shouldn't have done that. Oh, you well, think you're weighed down by guilt? Yeah, you're like, maybe I desperately had sex with this person. Or, or you know, you're sitting there and you're like... The guilt the guilt makes you slower? It's weighing you down? Yeah. Is that how it works? Yeah. Well, I, the, the, what they tell you, they don't tell you this. When, when, you're in, when you're in sports and you have like a trainer who you're paying and they have a lot riding on you, not, not maybe necessarily like monetarily, but like they spend a lot of fucking time with you. You know, like, sure. Yeah. They're like, I'm not wasting this time. Like, like you know, so the, the heat is on. We'll call it good. time equity. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, in in that case, they say that you don't have the same drive, and that you're not your your mind's not going to be on the on the right things if you do that. Which basically is saying that you're gonna you're gonna be like, yeah, you're gonna have the motivation is what they tell you. Interesting. Yeah. So then there's a there's a female comedian. So that she said that if there's post nut clarity, that presupposes that there's pre-nut, um, like, disillusionment or whatever. Sure, whatever, whatever yeah, 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 yeah. Which is pretty funny because post-nut clarity is like a, you know, meme. Basically. Let me tell you, this is uh, this is going to really be injected into my vernacular now, pre-nut and post-nut. Yeah. These are two different states of mind. They very much are. We all. I mean, I think that most people have kind of an understanding that that's probably true. I don't know that... I, I don't know that anyone's ever given it any thought, but this is totally, this makes sense to me. But cla- the, the, the wording is weird. Post nut clarity. That to me is like, uh, <clears throat> you're like intellectually sharper because you don't have this distraction in your mind. You don't have like a sexual urge or desire or distraction in your mind. And so now you're clear, this is the old, uh, 
I don't. You're not a Seinfeld guy, but the old the George. Are you, oh, are you like? I incidentally won a Seinfeld trivia recently. I am not like, that much of a Seinfeld. Oh no, dominated I, the I Seinfeld re- trivia. I watched anyway. the series. Recently. I don't want to. Yeah, I, there's no trophy involved, but I did get a gift certificate. So, uh, but it reminds me of the old George Costanza, like when he stopped having sex and yeah, he yeah, yeah, was yeah, yeah. just like. He was brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah he was and, like a genius. Yeah, he was a genius, and like Elaine reversed. She became him because you know mm-hmm. she. Anyway, but the, she was a slack job. But but that makes sense. But so you got the post not clarity, but the clarity the clarity also doesn't give you the drive. Doesn't give you that kind of like the guttural animus that you need to compete. Correct. Okay. All right. So yeah, um, it's like it's almost like I mean the the literal term like that that people will you know take and use when you do something and you kind of exert all your energy before the actual important sure. part, before the climax. You're spent. You blow your load. Yeah. I mean, I use it yeah. a lot to, to dramatic effect because it's something that is a very visceral reaction within people's It's a gr- It's great phrase. I'm like, yeah, it, it's, be, it is incredibly great. It's great. Yeah, because yeah. you use it in benign kind of another good term. That's, that's <laughs> I guess we're just pulling all the good terms. I was Come so on. Cocky. It's a creative world that you're in because it's extremely creative. And like I said, I'm, I'm well, like I was trying to say, I'm. I mean, sometimes I, if I was really freaking out about it, but um, you're like intellectually sharper because you don't have this. We don't want to go there. We don't want to go to this place first because if we go to, we're going to <clears> Rabbit's <throat> Pig tomorrow. Yeah. But like if we go to, okay, we don't want to go and drink beforehand because we do no. blow our load somewhere else. So right. We want to go to no. Rabbit's Pig exactly. and enjoy ourselves. Well, you want to save it up. And it, yeah. and so, it's, so I think it's I think it's all interconnected. It is. Well, I mean, you know, like the anticipation. Yeah. And this that's part of it, right? But so so okay so. Is it, would you count that as a superstition, not having sex before the, the yes. meat or the, yes. whatever? Okay. I also think I, I did. I didn't adhere to that strictly when I was um, competing in bar, the bartending world. When I would do like world class or anything like that, I did not. Interesting. I did not do that. I mean, sometimes I, if I was really freaking out about it, but basically what I realized is that you know, you when you're when you're doing it by yourself, it's even if people are helping you. Yeah. It's all on you. So if you practice, you're good. You got it. Like. It's either gonna you're gonna either win or not. You know what I mean? Like either either you put your best foot forward or some crazy mistake happens. But if you practice, you really won't make that many mistakes when you're just it's just you. You know when you're a solo act. So I didn't I didn't practice that there. I I have my advice that I give when I tell people about competitions, specifically bartending, but any kind of competition. As I say, uh, do not like if the competition do not drink coffee within like four hours of the competition. Or at all. I don't drink it at all during the day if I have to compete. And I drink a lot of coffee, so it's not something that like really stimulates me to a de- crazy okay. degree. But any kind of extra stimulant in there is going to add anxiety and it's going to make you shaky, loose. Not or not loose. It's going to make you shaky and tight. Well, you got that natural, whether you call it adrenaline or what focus, whatever it is, that, that natural pre-competition. For sure. Yeah. Um, so that's built even if, up. Even and- if you're you're seasoned. You still get it. Oh, sure. One of my favorite uh, stories, well, story is a loose term, but like Frank Sinatra used to always talk about how, this is later in his career, you know, I'm a big Sinatra guy. I'm an old man, basically, is really what it comes down to. But, you know, so, but he would always talk to them. People would ask him, like, I mean, you've been doing this for, you know, 73 years. Like, what, you know, how, do you ever get nervous? Like, is this just old hat? And he's like, I get nervous every time. Yeah. yeah, He was like, if I didn't get nervous... I would be worried, you know, because then I know I'm done, mm-hmm. you know, because if you don't have that, I don't care how many times you've done it, when you're walking on stage or where you're going to compete, whether it's running, whether it's bartending, you need that healthy oh, yeah. 
you know, nervousness or anticipation or whatever it is, you don't really need, you know, a little extra injection of coffee in your life to, to get you going. Definitely not. And I think that, you know, in bartending, you have to be so precise with your movements, like, and that's what's being judged a lot of the time. And everyone gets the shakes. I'm not a person who has ever had a problem. I'll get, you'll get nervous, of course. Sure. I never had a problem talking or performing in front of people in any type of way. And so, like, it never, it doesn't bug me at all. But I remember I was so, and this is another good term that's, that's I guess we're just pulling all the good terms. I was Come so on, give me the picture. That cocksure. That's just, a, well, that I've heard. I've heard that, that one. That's, that's not. An one. That's an obscure. Yeah, that's, that's well one. grounded. That's that's got that's a bedrock term right it there. Is. Yeah, cocksure. But I was so cocksure, and I, my hubris did not allow me to think that I would be nervous because I've, I've performed, I've competed, I've done this. I, I, I sure. Know what I'm doing. Yeah, you know. I've, yeah. I've ran races. I, I mean, you have the nerves, but those nerves, like you said, those nerves are actually, especially when you're when you're seasoned, you know, the nerves are good. You're like you need them. You, you feel you, it, you, like, yeah. You because like yeah. otherwise you're not going to jump. You know you're going to be standing. It's true. The ledge. Yeah. No. So like, well, don't, I mean, I, I don't know. For me, those nerves would always play themselves. They, they, there would be a certain precision mm-hmm. that you, uh, an execution you that can you never you, do it without. It, yeah, exactly. But uh, hopefully, it's so built up in your muscle memory that it. it I mean, it, it, it's really just enhanced. It's like you're really yeah. in the... I never, ever once was in the zone. Anything, whether it was sports or whether it was, you know, theater or whether it was going into a hearing for mm-hmm. for court. Now, you know, I never, ever felt like in the zone if I didn't have that nervous oh, energy. You know what I mean? Definitely. So I think that the nervous energy, too, <clears throat> it's something that, like, like, like you, you need to call upon it, but it's also, like, that's why you need the muscle memory. That's why you need to practice so much because... You're not thinking so much about like b- about the big movements. You're thinking about the little precise things, and you're yeah. so hyper focused on everything you're doing and how you sound and all these little things that sure, yeah. When you're when, like, you're, right, you're hyper aware. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is yeah. not good for for the big <clears throat> the big. Part it's of true. It. You want to feel natural. You don't want to be monitoring yourself. That's right. you know the old going back to the old acting days. In the old acting, what we do? No, uh, you oh, just didn't. You don't want to self monitor. You know, because right. right. once you're you know, once it's you're bad, we, oh god, it's just, it's, it's just terrible. It's robotic. It's it's, it's contrived. It's it's just not natural. There's in one. Any way. There's one. So in the, in the competitive bartending realm, which is an interestingly fierce group of people, uh, they you can tell when someone, everyone, when you get to a certain level, everyone practices a lot. Sure. You have to because you don't want to be thinking about. Like I said, you don't want to be thinking about those things. The, no. All the other things, you want to be going through the motions. Nice. It's all the little extra razzle-dazzle that you're going to put on it that you have to be, like, really focusing on. Like like a gymnast that's, like, trying to... They, she can do all the flips. It's that last stick that she has to land. Right. That's, the, that's what you're looking for. And you can tell, though, when someone's practiced their thing so much and they just love the way they sound. And they're just, <laughs> like... They're just sucking their own dick up on stage. And no one likes to see that. And you can you can tell... Well, uh, no one. Well, Come yeah. on. Anyway. They love it. You know, speak in such broad terms. <laughs> I know. Anyway. Many people... Uh, no competitor is competing <laughs> against you like no. that. You're like, what a fucking piece of shit. Well, because you, I mean, that would pretty be pretty impressive while you're making a drink. I <laughs> yeah. mean, if you can pull that kind of flexibility out, I uh, mean, yeah, I know. that's the deg- degree of difficulty that's, that's alone is huge. I gotta give them points for yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> like, 
Exactly. I mean, the drink was terrible, but... But, like, oh, I my mean, God. I mean, did you see that stretch? Jeez. I mean, I mean, and he didn't even have much to work with. So, you know, he really had to get down there. So, I mean, come on. The last guy like, had a... I mean, the last guy didn't even have to stretch much. He was just naturally gifted, so it was did most of the work for him. But. I like an underdog. <laughs> I'm glad that you've established we're doing a very classy... Uh, <laughs> discussion here because i was going to ask you as i got I, because I, I got some questions for you as mm. we're talking about the nerves um you want the classy questions or you want the the, the less classy question first let's go classy then trashy all right that's well, usually how well, well let's go downhill yeah, that's uh all right so because i kind of want to dig into this is it okay as i ask you some By of these because i'm fat i've always been outside the, the, of this the, the, it's, it's an open book yeah outside of this i've always actually we've never talked about this i've always wanted to ask you about what your preparation was like for these world-class competitions because um so the old nick saban quote you know who nick saban is right mm-hmm. this is i don't know college football kid, right so his old quote is you don't practice you know to be good or you don't practice to be great you know you you, you practice or you don't practice something enough to get it right you practice it so much that you can't get it wrong you know what I mean? And, 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 and that's a certain level of focus and precision. I mean, really, that it's so ingrained in your, you know, yep. your muscle memory and your hippocampus or whatever yeah. it is that you, it is, it is, you almost can't mess it up yep. um, unless you're trying, you know, or unless there's some, extra, or uh, some extraneous figure yeah, or uh, factor. That, so how do you get to that point? So what is that like for you? So, so quick example. So like for me, if I'm doing a, an argument or, or, or an opening or closing or, or, or something like that, <clears throat> I would do, and this is for my acting training, you don't just memorize something, right? You speed through it, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be able to do whatever, let's call it like a minute monologue or argument or whatever the hell it is, right? So, <clears throat> so not only do you memorize it, you memorize it until you're comfortable, but you speed through it. Like I can do that in the shower, I can do it while I'm walking, but I can speed through those lines, for lack of a better term or whatever, um, to the point where it's, it's just rote. Um, but that's the level of, of memorization that I would go through, uh, or, or if it's not memorized, at least understand what my outline is. So my question to you is, how, how does that manifest itself in the drink-making and performing realm? Because you're not reciting lines, but right. you are engaged in a certain level of choreography there. You, a thousand percent. So you, you do... There, there's two things. So there's an action, of course, which you know, with with especially with like theater acting, I'm sure that there was plenty of like, uh, like physical like cues and things that you you kind of had to do. You know, whether or not obviously you were purely acting like you had a sword, but like I'm sure there's like emotive things that you wanted to be in line with what you're saying. So that's that's a very similar to what you do. You would practice what you had to say. So basically, making the drinks, what you're saying, whatever you have to do it. In like, if, if you have six minutes, you have to do it when you're practicing in four. Because right. you will no doubt take more time. You will. Something will happen. Or you'll think of a funny story and you're like, I'm going to explain this more. And it might hit. But it doesn't matter. You're going to take more time. And if you have extra time, you, in a competition, you absolutely fill that extra time with something. Because finishing right. too quick is, you get automatically marked off. Like, well, they didn't use all their time. They had, if you finish with two minutes left, it's like, it's, it's too good. Too polished. Well, you never want to finish too quick. Right. Yes. In life. I mean, let's just be clear. Right, right. But so that's, but I mean, that's great information because you're, I mean, there's going to be like four people that are going to listen to this, but. You practice it while you're in the car. 
Like you practice speech while you're in the car. Over. Why are you milking a cow right now? You're you like. You practice while you're milking cows. Is that what? What was it? No, but seriously, what is this move? What were you? Oh, you were driving a vehicle. Driving a car. I see. Because you drive with two hands at yeah. ten and two. That's your. I drive that's what you do. Like that's and apparently how he drives a car. Yeah. Um, so that's but that's interesting because I'm sure people you know of the four people that will listen to this. Um, probably all bartenders. Yeah. <laughs> no, but they will, or maybe we'll have a and desire Neil. to compete. Uh, in oh yeah, Neil's definitely Neil and Eric, but they're gonna. They they said the only requirement for you to be able to use the office is that we can listen and mock you, so that's definitely coming. Anyway, so um, but they're they're gonna they're gonna be interested in that kind of information though. It's 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 very true though because you really do have to be able to accomplish it uh, faster because there's so many things that occur in the moment that will distract you. There is, and 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 that's 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 the that's the rule of thumb. He's very, he's, you're, you're very technical here. I like you're, you're, you're talking and you're manipulating at the same time. That's I, good. I, I, try to, I try to get my P's and yeah, Q's. That's good. Yeah. Uh, you know, DJing, you know. Yeah, you know what's funny? To completely change the subject and derail this. I like it. Derail. Is that I was, I was, I was filming in Bauhaus earlier, uh, which was so weird to I heard you up. talk to Big Mike. No, 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 no. Eric said you talked to no, him. No, 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 no. He's young and Eric's stupid. Eric's a liar. Uh, yes, he, it was Pete, Pete Hanna, who is a, a great bartender. He's British, okay. and he, uh, I don't know if you've ever met him, but he's, but he's, he, he's kind of actually in the shadows. He works at the Rosencrantz at, at Epcot. Rosencrown. Oh, Rosencrown. Okay, the Rosencrown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crown. Yeah. Uh, Love that bar. Shout out to Epcot. Shout out, shout out. Do you know out, what Epcot stands for, by the way? No. Oh, this is great. So my wife, well, this, I have my no wife, idea. as you know, who's the peanut gallery over here, yes. but she, uh, she <laughs> when we were first dating, she was like, are you like, are you like a theme park person? Is this, you know, <laughs> now <clears throat> she didn't understand that I'm a huge dork in all realms, most realms, yeah. but certainly theme parky, you know. That's so funny, her asking you if you're a theme park person and like, well, not, she is not a, ready for what Right, because she was a theme park person, I think maybe her... In, prior relationship wasn't there was some conflict there whatever so she was she wanted someone Love some good could, conflict she wants oh, conflict is uh, the, you know the bread of life but um, she you know wanted someone that could we could share that t- together and I was like you don't even you don't even know what you're getting into um, uh, so anyway but that so episode that's what I asked her so this is like one of our first few dates or whatever and, she, and I was like am I do you know what Epcot stands for and she's like uh, I was like, well, how can you even call? Who do you think you are? Like, anyway, but uh, so you don't know what Epcot stands for. Epcot, I don't. Epcot is the experimental prototype community of tomorrow. I think Useless I've heard knowledge. That. I think but I've yeah, heard that before in the park. It's coming. Yeah, maybe. You're sliding wine. I should have slid this. Thank you. <clears throat> anyway, so, yeah. Oh, here. Ladies first. Um but uh, but yeah, so I'm not an expert pour like you. You guys like what you twist? Is that a is that a move? That's a move. Oh, that, that twist. Is that a help? Is that a fine? Two fingers. I I, I I don't even profess to know what I'm doing. When we go to dinner, when you go on a date, when you go to dinner, do you take charge of the wine situation? Yes. That's your a million percent yes. Of course you do. So when we go to dinner, I mean, if I'm dating somebody in the industry, it's different. <clears throat> I'm How much. So? I'm much more. I'll still definitely take control, but you know, I've, I've been on dates with people that know more about wine than me, and you know, they they might be going through some stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. I still have an opinion, because not because I think like, oh, I know best, because that's even better. Because I'm like, oh, you know a lot about wine. Here's what I was thinking. You can choose it. 
But like I was thinking these two or three, like blah blah. Whatever you think. Yeah. And if they pick those, I don't even care. But nine times out of ten, that's not the instance. You know, it's not the case. I, I try not to date in the industry like directly too much. Well, what's the phrase? You don't shit where you eat. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're. You know, the thing is, is you, and you're going to shit where you eat at some point. Everybody does. So I, you will got if you can avoid it at yeah. any point. That's good. I don't know anyone that's not guilty of that. Yes. Guilty as charged. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's. Um, so yeah, I, no, I definitely, definitely yeah. take charge. Uh, it's it's just easier. And also, oftentimes, is when, it, you say it's easier. It's easier because you don't trust. Definitely not. No. Oh. See, it's interesting because I we did the exact opposite. I defer. I'm a big defer. Well, because well, she's you know yeah, she's in that. the field, so I don't know what I'm doing. So I also just love. <clears throat> now I guess maybe you know what you're doing. She knows what you. Do, so maybe it makes sense. But I love it's the a job. Thing, all the show, the fake choreography that they do with the wine, where they like, oh, like it. present it to you with the label. There's a little. Vanna White flourish, and then they you got to sniff it. You got to pretend like you know what you're doing. I don't like pretending. It might be the it might be one of the gayer parts about me, but I love all of that. <laughs> like, oh yeah, and I mean that in a totally like 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 the show and like like the wine and like all these like crazy terms oh, and like that was an excellent flourish too. Yeah, yeah that was good. I love the, I love a good flourish, especially when Who, it's presenting. I wine. mean, so many people underestimate the flourish. It's it's a good move. showmanship is everything. Yeah, I don't care. Pe- pe- they underestimate how much they perform and or, or performance is needed, but showmanship is huge there. I think that life is a performance. Yeah. Life is a performance. I mean, it's... Is it? I think so, because you add little... I, I, I treat it that way. I add little, like, little... Uh, the spice and little little flourishes or little weird sayings or, or things like that. And I think that it, it makes life more interesting, and I, I think of... I, I live my life that way. I really do. But not fake. I mean, because no. a lot of people would associate no, a, the term performance with a certain level of uh, lack of genuineness. Yeah, I feel like I feel fakeness. like I feel like I, I maybe entertaining is a better way. Well, that I, I totally agree with that. That's I mean, entertainment always. Yeah, yeah, I think it's you know when you're when you're when you're in the setting like when you're sitting with with other people. Yeah, obviously, you know, like if you're at home with your significant other, I mean, that's a totally different. You know, like it's definitely entertaining, but like you know, sometimes you're like annoying to be entertaining, or you're oh, right? I'm annoying all the time. Right, right, I'm right, always right. working on material. To be more anything. annoying, yeah, yeah. like I'm not anything. I'm not any kind of anything. But yeah. I'm always like, what do you think of this? This could yeah. be, this could be a bit. <laughs> yeah. I don't even need bits. I don't. For what purpose? <sighs> and it's they're never good. And she's always annoyed. I, I wrote down words. one that I think that you would think is funny. Uh, I I write down. Um, most of my definitely borderline insane, and, and people say that, but they don't like a notebook, like a like a like a diary. Google of Keep. Bits? Google Keep. It's oh, on the phone. I wrote. Yeah. I write. I I I write all kinds of things in there. But uh, uh, sometimes it's bits. Sometimes it's just funny ideas. Sometimes I love it. Lay it on me. What do, you, what do you give me a good bit here? It's just it's just a name. It's just it's a name for a character that I think would be funny. Oh, this is how it starts. And it's yeah. uh, I thought of it the other day, and I, it's it's not that good, but I let me I, say, I, I thought it was funny. Let me say earlier you said I think this is the gayest thing about me. We've already surpassed that. <laughs> so here we are. This is much gayer. Very good. Which is fine. I mean, I my, love it. My father's gay. Yeah. So. <laughs> my best friend is gay. Um, oh. uh, so I, I mean, it's just a character. I have many gay friends. Anyway. So uh, it's this George S J W Bush. Should be a good character. <laughs> Blue hair. I mean, there's a lot to go. There's a lot of meat on it's them. Good. Bones, yeah, I think. Yeah, 
He goes to dinner at four thirty. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. He talks in that like Texas accent. I wish I could do. I, I try to think of the Will Ferrell one, and you know he's like, yeah. I don't. Is he Will Ferrell? Does he really do an accent? He really leans into the like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, that, yeah. That kind of like, laugh. That, it's good though. Like, yeah. It works. It does work. <clears throat> but like basically he's just like talking about like Didn't he do the like patriarchy. A... You know what I mean? Like yeah. but like in the dumb, like like kind of like goofy George Bush George George yeah. W. Yeah. Bush way. Fool me once. Can't fool me again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's talking about how like he was at a bathhouse and he had gay sex by mistake and like, you know, like like or whatever. Like he's a he's a polyamorous person. Sure. George S. J. W. Bush. Yeah. SJW. Great character. So that's all right. So, but that's the foundation. That's how bits start. That's the foundation. I think of it should be good. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, how do you feel about this? Is this something? This is I, this is not a, a, any fleshed out in any way. But I'm I'm fascinated <laughs> by language, right? Mm-hmm. By words, as I think you are to some extent. Certainly. I'm fascinated by words that are supposed to have dual use, but really only get one l- angle of play. Mm-hmm for lack of a better term, right? So here's, so like, uncouth, right? Mm-hmm. Or nonchalant. Never once in my life have I heard someone say, oh, that was very chalant. I've never heard it, ever. But there has, it has to be usable. It right? has to be. Same thing with couth. Because, no because ever, that's a compound. No one's ever been couth. No. Ever. Or chalant. No, and so, but I feel like there's. I might have been there. that way without knowing it. Yeah, if maybe if it was this, if this was in the hands of a better writer or a, a funnier mm, person, mm, right? I feel like there's something there, though, right? There's, there's something there. The foundation of a bit there. There is a right? bit there. Yeah, just the word shalant. You know what would be good funny. is if 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 the 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 synthesis of that was that they met a woman named Shalant, and they're like, well, was she black? Probably. Right, I could say. I mean, yeah, and, and and so so they they meet a woman named Shalant, and it's like, and she's like, like they, they like they go into like a, a laundromat or something. And it's Shalant, and it's like Shalant, Shalant. That would be a great and it's like black it, lady name. Yeah, I would it's like a good name. Be attracted to like Shalant. I think so. <laughs> Shalant. <No> offense. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, our producer's getting pissed. Right. We got <laughs> Shalant. Shalant. That's that, nice. Okay, yeah, that's a good name. Yeah. So what? Well, so like, what would okay. what would being chalant mean? Well, all right. So to be nonchalant is like you're kind yeah. of aloof, right? You know, it's like oh, so. But being like, chalant means you're invested. He, he was so nonchalant, like the way he just right. You know. So how heavy is it though? How heavy is be- how heavy is it to be chalant? chalant. Like well, is it like is it you're so overbearing? You're, you're right. just like you're oh too my much God, that way. You see him. He just was so chalant, he's so chalant. Like, He's just a tryhard. Oh, you know, and then the bit, the woman is is nonchalant, and she's being yeah, very aloof. The irony. But her name you're is like, Shalant. She is Shalant. And you're, you're like, like, you're, you're nonchalant. You're like, you're like, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, this is Shalant. I mean, you know, and she's just like, whatever. You know, she's <laughs> so, you know, yeah. nonchalant. That's good. That's yeah. good. Because yeah. comedy is all about misdirection, right? Oftentimes, oftentimes. Yeah, misdirection is key. I like that. Yeah. I, uh, I yeah, I, I think... Uh, there is. I, I love watching crowd work, which is not necessarily misdirection, but that's how you win crowd work. The comedian, oftentimes, it, it, what, unless you're like Sam Morrill or something, who is just like quick and Marill. mean. Morrill, thank you. He he may watch you. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> love you. Uh, Are you a big Sam Morrill fan? I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. I am. I like him a lot. Yeah, I watch his comedy he's, quite he's a bit. Good. He's yeah. good. He's if you watch him in a roast, he he roasts the judges. Like he roasts oh. everybody. He's. he's <clears throat> He's too uh, 
we're talking about random comedians. I feel like he's too uh, like handsome to be a good comedian. Really? Is that I, is it? Maybe I'm I, <laughs> speaking of gay. I, but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, you know, I just I don't know. He's first of all, he's he's masculine, right? He's like kind of a handsome guy. As comedians go, let's be clear, he's not in. I don't you know, think he's particularly he's, handsome. He's not in the Top Gun beach scene or something like no, that. No, no. But he's he's. Oh, female says no, not handsome. But he's got the he's got the deep survey says he have, he's got the deep voice. I agree. He's, he's masculine. Kind of, kind but I, I don't think he's deep. handsome though. I don't think he's unhand. I don't think he's an ugly guy. I just don't Maybe think. Maybe I'm just going by comedian standards, like compared to Rodney Dangerfield. True. I mean, come but on. I think that see, that's incidentally, a weird, that's a weird. I'm com- not a huge Sam Real fan, but he does a fantastic Rodney Dangerfield. He does. He, does. he like a he spot on. It's Kudos very good to him. Yeah, but I'm, I think that Mark Norman's comedy is closer to Mark Rodney Dangerfield's comedy, which is a weird comparison. I know that they obviously they're very close; those are close friends, and they're nothing alike. Rodney Dangerfield, you don't think anything? And Mark Norman? I think that there's well, a similarity. All, I'm a huge Mark Norman queef. Right, I right, love right, Mark right. Norman. I would. I think there's a similarity in the delivery. Rodney it's very, Dangerfield. I think there's a similarity. I didn't say they're the same. I, did, I said there's a similarity. Sam Morrell does a, uh, okay, does a, I'll give you this. a the very speed, good... This, okay. Yeah, it's like, it's the like the density, rhythm. The, the rhythm. density of the jokes. Like Mark Norman, it, his brilliance. I mean, they're they're thinkers. Uh, to me, it's Jerry Seinfeld, Mark Norman's number two to me. But like he, he, the, dent, the amount of jokes that he can fit into to a limited amount of time, it's like bang, 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 That's bang. what I mean. Yeah, so that is a Rodney Dangerfield. I don't quality. think that he's... Rodney Dangerfield did the same thing there. Yeah. Yes, it's like it's like when you listen to him, it's like <laughs> it's like you have to sit there and be like, wait, wait, and he's like referencing yeah. a joke he made five seconds ago, but it's like there's like three other jokes, and it's like, what, what, yeah. what's going on here? Very rapid fire. It's rapid fire comedy, and and that and he that pauses to wait for people. So hard. Yeah, it's do. very hard because of the writing. I mean, it's it's to have all those layers of, but Rodney Dangerfield was more like one liner style. No, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Really do callbacks. He wasn't like no. there wasn't nuance where you were doing you know a layer of jokes and then there's like seven jokes within this one topic. You know, Dangerfield was just uh, don't get me wrong. I love Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, of course. I mean, one of my favorite movies is Back. Have you ever seen Back to School? Of course. Back to School. Many times. Back to School is so good, and they they do that. Oh, Commer- it's just they do zingers. that commercial at the beginning because he owns the tall and fat store. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. If you want to look thin, hang out with fat people. Yeah. You know, it's just like I love it. It's and it's know, it's 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 I love I love that movie because it's just zingers from him. The whole like it's nonstop zinger like from yeah. from from Rodney Dangerfield. Like he, yeah. he, he's basically doing his act just with all the with characters. The yeah, yeah, like it's great. Downey Jr. in that movie. Yeah, and he's yeah, very good yeah, in that movie. Yeah. Actually, oddly enough. Oh man, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's good times. Yeah, back to school. Watch it. Back to school is a good yeah. movie. Uh, so what you got here? You got some. You, got, you prepare any topics here? Well, I, I didn't even get into my like unclassy comment, but uh, you did. You yeah, didn't. But it's fine. Okay. I I I kind of want to hear it now, but well, it was back onto the nervousness, the the superstition. So around here, I don't want to name names or anything like that, Ooh. but we talk about sometimes the I hit your I hit your screen here. Did I mess something up? No. No. Okay. <clears throat> you know you. And again, these are sometimes they're important, sometimes they're not. But whatever, you, you got a hearing. It's like it's like doing a performance or doing a show, whatever. You got a hearing, and you get like you get the nervousness, which we talked about as being good. But every now and then, you get the to throw another term in there. We've got pre, post, nut. What was the other term you had? Cocksure. Cocksure. How about the fear dump? Ooh, you ever had a? Yeah, you, yeah. You ever get the fear dump? Definitely. Of, yeah, it's just you can't avoid it. You got it. It's, it's the most unpleasant of, dump. Well, not the most, but it's it's up well, there. That's definitely not true. I mean, it's up I there. I really though. don't want to go too far down the rails here. No, but, but I mean, like, I mean, much other than being sick, 
Sure. Yeah. Other than being sick, there's there's it's it's up there on the uh, on unpleasant trees. Yeah. Okay. But once you get it over with, well, you have you have post dump clarity. <laughs> Very good. That's a good callback. Very uh, good. Post dump clarity. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. And you're like, man, thank God I got that out of me. That's good. Yeah. And then yeah, but but. <laughs> <laughs> But, but but it makes you better instead of making you worse because nobody wants to hold that in. You exactly. Hold that, you, can, you may hold your load in to give you a competitive advantage, but you can't hold that in. You that gotta, does not you give gotta, you a competitive advantage. you got to extricate that situation. That's pretty much a negative in all the, all the categories. Yeah. That is good. I like that. Post-dump clarity, new term. There we go. Here. The memes. It's happening. I the like memes that. from me. Post-dump clarity. That's, I'm going to steal that. I'm going to use that here, you know. That's good. That's good stuff. I, I like think. It. I think that your colleagues. I, I, I know a few of your colleagues. I think they actually. I'm not even joking. I think oh, they, they have would, a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, I think they would actually appreciate it. They'll appreciate that. Yeah. So, so like, how how boring are lawyers? Like, as a whole, Ooh. I've met some interesting ones, but so, I mean, like, let's say, like, 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 we're talking like statistic majorities. Well, all right. So a couple comments here. Mm. First off the bat, right? I don't like judging people in groups. Like, I think that in this this dovetails into politics, like where you you start. You know, you're like, oh, like this community or this group or like, what do they think as a group? So like, I think case by case basis, you judge people on their merits as individuals. Having said that, um, which just means I'm going to undo everything I just said. To be fair. Which is interesting. You don't, I like that you don't even give a prep. You like, you barely introduce anyone. You have no background at all. They have, again, no one gives... Any, no one cares what I have to say about anything. <clears throat> they may care slightly more what you have to oh, say. Oh, the other guests got a, a big background. They, they, oh, they got the big <laughs> intro. They got the resume. <laughs> the CV came out. Yeah, yeah. You, you probably had like clips, like B-roll of them, like doing whatever their task was. Oh yeah, um, and, and it took hours. Yeah. So, uh, so you asked me because I'm a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Which we haven't really established yet, but or, or maybe. Oh, I'm I'm planning on. See, yours. But, I wanted I wanted to, I wanted to be a bit more. I want to dance a little bit, you know. Well, we'll tango. We'll <laughs> tango. But um, <laughs> the, what do I think about lawyers generally? Is that was that the question? Well, my point is. Oh, why are they so boring? No, no, no. So boring? How I'll how boring you. are they? Oh, so boring. And let me tell you why. I've, it, so, <clears throat> part of my issue with lawyers, like it's like I'm like a self hating. Um, is like your role model, Larry David. <laughs> sure, but I, I just, um, I don't, I don't like. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't love spending time with lawyers. Fortunately, my colleagues are mostly an exception to this. But yeah, um, I, I can tell you that in my office, yeah. in our our firm. But um, they just have such a. Most lawyers have such a f- false sense of self importance, right? And that is why they're so boring. Because like. Who is more boring than a narcissist? Right. Like, really, I mean, that, I mean, they can't stop talking about themselves. They don't ask questions about other people. They don't have a curious mind because they're so wrapped up in their own, you know, minutiae. Um, is but, that because, though, that they're, is it because of the, because I know that lawyers do have, have, they do work a lot. Like, not, not all of them, obviously, but I know that, that the workload is more than other jobs and, you know, it requires more. It doesn't mean that you have to be like, the best or the brightest. I mean, you have to have a certain IQ level, but what I mean is that, like, they have to, they typically do long hours and lots of work, and, you know, they're usually compensated fairly well for that, but is it because that they, that they don't have a disconnect or they don't have, like, a release? I mean, there's certainly a... Di- <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, 
I mean, I, think I mean, from their world, not necessarily from their job yeah, and like, think, the things that matter. <laughs> so where does the narcissism come in, or where right. does that? Fall? I, I, I think part of it is is you're, you you go through this training. You got to go to law school. It's hard to get into law school. You go to law school. You graduate. You take the bar. You, all you've accomplished all these hurdles that somehow I think give people a sense of. Um, <clears throat> importance or gravitas or whatever the case may be and I think people in my experience they forget that it's still a service industry yeah I mean it's obvious to say oh bartender whatever server you know service industry being being a lawyer being a doctor like any of these you know like oh we love these 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 are not jobs to be put on a pedestal because Oh, you're so brilliant. You know, when I t- went and took the bar exam, which is a scary kind of... No right, doubt, you know, no it, doubt. It's scary because you go through law school, you get in all this debt. It's very hard. It, it really, I mean, it's quite difficult. Right. They, 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 Purposely. They manipulate your mind and change the way you think about everything in your life. Uh, and then you realize, I graduated. Hooray. For what? I still have to pass this bar exam. And if I don't pass it, I'm fucked. You know, I mean, like royally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because then it was all just a waste. Right. So, and you're still in debt. So, you that make, is real. <laughs> right. So, you make it over those hurdles, and then you feel like, well, I've done something now. I am, you know, Esquire. Mm. Um, you're still, it's just a service industry. Whatever you're doing is for a client, whatever that type of client that may be. But, like, you're still operating, you know, at the, in, in the service of someone else. And I think people forget that all the time. Um, I mean, this is kind of like cheesy and like, you know, whatever, but I I believe that's true. And it bothers me that I I think a lot of lawyers just feel like they're God's gift to something. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really not it at all. Because like when I was sitting in that bar exam, I was like, yeah, it's hard. But like, I mean, look how many schmucks are are lawyers like i mean how hard can this be i mean there's so many schmucks out there like there, there are. I, I have to be able to do this like so and so is a lawyer like right. i am come on you know everyone knows like a schmucky like douchebag lawyer like, sure. everybody does doesn't it, mean they're not smart no no but like smart doesn't or give capable you, enough right but smart doesn't give you a license to be you know a certainly douchebag. Not. certainly not but yeah but i think that's what makes them boring is that they um um, but again, not everybody, every, you know, case by case basis, oh, for sure. you know, everyone, everyone has their own value, right? You don't know their story. Definitely not. So that's what we, that's what my wife and I say to each other when we get judgy, cause we're frequently judgy and, and then we don't want to get too judgy and we're like, you don't know their story. You don't know yeah, what yeah. brought them here. Yeah. Everybody does have a story. Yeah. How do you think that, uh, or do you think that, you know, your previous experience in theater, do you think that it affected, uh, or helped you in any type of way, like with the, the, your law degree. Sure. Obviously, within life, it did. But like, do you think that like, like other than pre- preparing, which we already touched on for depositions or for court cases, do you think there's anything like like within like the the lawyer realm that like helped you with, uh, or yes. hindered you with? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, several fold, but pri- well, primarily the skill set. Right. Same skill set, different audience. That's mm-hmm. what I always say because people mm-hmm. are like, "Well, you're uh, a theater and then law school. How did that happen?" You're like, well, it's the same skill set, different art. You know, you're a storyteller. It's right. just my audience right. has changed. Whether it's the judge or the client or a jury, whatever the case may be, you know, you're still a storyteller. For sure. Um, but that's not the most important part. To me, when I went to law school, which was so foreign to me, you know, like I could never have, I don't know, 
but like after when you went to law school and sorry to interrupt you were what like interrupt this, 20... this, this we're all we're doing is interrupting each other well so I'm gonna say know. sorry and you better accept it you son of a bitch be, be grateful you stuff your sorries in a sack <laughs> Uh, when you were in, in, when you decided to go to law school and finish your degree, I, I remember you told me this, and I might have been drinking on the job. Potentially. But uh, where you, you were like in your late 20s? I was old. 28? I was old. Were you 28? 28. Very good. 28. Ah, <laughs> I, had, I had a six year. Who's married to who? <laughs> I had a six year gap, <laughs> uh, which most people, I, this is my favorite, you go to law school and they're like, oh, you took a break. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I took a break. That's For anyone fine. that's gone back to school and someone's like, oh, you took a break from, I'm like, no, no. I was like, it's this not. is a break. School is fake. This yeah, is yeah, fake yeah, news, yeah. right? This is not real life. Yeah. And I'd be like, have you ever, Austin, have you ever filed friend, your taxes? A friend of ours would agree with you. Yeah. Like, have you ever filed your taxes before? Okay. You, yeah. You, you're <laughs> still on a break from life. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I was working, you know. Um, but uh, so I was 28. I go back to law school because my life was, fell apart. Of course, uh, and uh, I basically flipped the coin, and I said, "I'm either going to move to L.A. with uh, one, my best friend and become, uh, you know, try to pursue f- film and television with right. him out in L.A., or I'm going to go to law school." Mm-hmm. And like the only key to that was, all right, I'm only going to apply to one law school. It's you know UF, go Gators, um, and it's you know the hardest law school to get into Florida. So mm-hmm. it's like. I don't know if I'm good enough to get in. So I either get in or I'm going to LA and, you know, be a starving artist or I shall continue to be a starving artist. But, um, but yeah, but, but I think what I pulled other than the skill set, I think what I pulled most was humility. Right. Right. Um, Cause like, who am I? I don't know what, I mean, give me a break. I mean, I, this to me, I'm drinking out of a, a, a cup, a cup of wine here. That's totally, this is me. Yeah. Right, I don't deserve fancy wine or fancy glasses. Like, um, I don't come from anything. I think it's a good perspective, though, because you know, within kind of what you're talking about with the, the people, the lawyers, and what makes them boring. And I think, and I'll I'll say like an, uh, something I summarize from what you said, and in, in in my own life experience is that like perhaps it's because they're so ingrained in their own world, and like you know, it is an accomplishment to you know, pass the bar and then be a successful lawyer and then be, you know, partner or this or that or or have some case that makes you famous or whatever it is. And sometimes it's totally within the realm of lawyers, right? And and it, it does make you money and there's some status and there's some power within their own realm. But that's what makes them boring is that it's like people don't give a shit about that. Yeah. You know, no one gives a shit other than other lawyers or other people that like, the people that you have to interact with. Like, I need this lawyer. I want a powerful right. lawyer now, but like when, you, when you're not using them anymore, it's like, who was that guy? Well, people do give a shit, oddly. I'm not saying they should, but they do. Because when I was, I'm this, <clears throat> when I was a, a, a bellman, you know, when I lived in New York, when I was like, you know, lugging Luke, uh, suitcases, you know, into a bell cart and like showing people like, you know, where the bathroom was in the hotel and how to use the bidet, you know, like, <clears throat> No one, very few people treated Post me with, with any, yeah, they, hey, I tell you, it's <laughs> Got a, it. super clear. Bing. But uh, when anyone, you know, people didn't treat you generally with a lot of respect. Right. I'm the same person, you know, yeah. and I'm not any smarter. I may have some more additional knowledge and like age, but I'm not any smarter than I was then. Like I was pretty smart then, you know, but no one treated me with any respect, you know, because I was a bellhop you know, in New York City. And, and, you know, my last name was Ramos. So, you know, whatever. Nobody even thinks I could speak English. Um, and now when 
people hear I'm a lawyer, it's like they're like, oh. and I'm like, stop, Let's get out of here with that. That's right. that's that's bullshit. That's bogus. Like, don't don't do that. It, 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 that's a meaningless a title for the purposes of putting value on someone. I guess is what I mean, and that's what I mean. But that's what I took most because when I went to law school, there were there were three types of people in law school. There were people that. Um, went to law school because they didn't know what else to do. They had a liberal arts degree in history or right. whatever the hell. And, and like, they were like oh, I don't know what else to do. The yeah. job market is rough. This is circa 2008. So you had the economy was trash and foreclosures and all that stuff. So this is like a, this is such a terrible time to go to law school because people were terrified they wouldn't even get jobs. But they didn't know what else to do. So they're like, I guess I go to law school. That's one. Yeah, Number law, two law is like pedigree. I call them pedigree, right? It, it's my daddy went to law school. His daddy went to law school. His daddy went to law school. Like, this is what I'm doing. This is just what I'm supposed to do. They're right? a shoe in, right? Yeah, They're, whatever. They have the connections, what, what whatever. I, again, I'm not saying these are bad people. No. I'm just, you know. I have friends, just, I have friends that, that... That's fine. That I mean, I, I get the path. It. Yeah. And then the third type was people kind of like me that were misfits, right? Mm-hmm. You're... Uh, which, I'm fine. Whatever. Be a misfit. That's fine. Um, you know, I was old. I, I was 28, which now, I mean, I look at that. I'm like, that's a baby. But I was yeah, 28, yeah. and people thought I was like, should have Walker, like with tennis balls on it. Like it was rough. <laughs> they thought I was so old um, at 28 years old. It was like, do your knees even work? You know, it was just, it was crazy. Um, and then uh, I used to be an actor on Broadway. Right, it was okay, just the, ridiculous. The bathroom's over know? here. It was yeah. like, yeah, no yeah, one was. Grandpa. Yeah, I, I, there was a little part of me that I thought, like, maybe people will be impressed that, like, I like had a living before this. Oh and yeah. Let me tell you, they were not impressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was not. But um. But I think with that perspective, though. So what I what I was what I was getting at was not just that, like, like no one gives a shit. I mean, like. In the grander scheme of the world, not everyone gives a shit about, you know, someone being a lawyer. And what you got to experience was, like many people do. Many people are, like, easily impressed. I mean, people are impressed if you're wearing a suit. You know, you, yeah. could, be, you could be literally nobody, have no right. job. And they're like, oh, this guy is he's going places. You know what I mean? Yeah. But what I, what I was kind of picking at was that I felt that, like, you had seen a different side of the world and had understood the world a bit better because you'd been in... Because I was poor? No. <laughs> Yes, yes, yeah. but also because you were you were in the the artist realm, and there's yeah. a lot of different priorities, and there's there's a lot of rebellion against you know societal norms and all this all this other nonsense. But regardless of that, it was like you were in a realm where you're like, like where you were able to look at these lawyers and not be like, wow, oh my god, like that's whatever. I don't I don't think that that's the only reason why. But I mean, there's sometimes you're wow, but I think it, it, maybe the, I don't know if this is what you're driving at, but yeah, I mean, I've seen really talented people like worked right with ri- like uber talented people that i still to this day hold like, i'm just f- floored at their level of talent right so when i see someone i'm like you like you can't do eight shows a week right. like no understudy like i know what real talent is here i mean yeah that's fine you can dress up in a suit and argue you know it, it, that's that's and that's great and that's wonderful you're and very smart skill. you're very right? smart that's good that's this is wonderful. a different thing let me tell you, real talent is like I get up, you know, people get up eight shows a week. They're belting out the show tunes. They're doing the tap dancing. You know, yeah. it's uh, you know, it smiling. That's you know, that's that's fucking talent. Like yeah, that's yeah. real talent. You know, for no money. Right. You know, and 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 being happy, yeah. really, really happy doing it. But um, yeah, but that, yeah. yeah that, that's exactly what I was getting at. Is that like, 
it doesn't it doesn't discredit the other thing. It doesn't discredit that like being a successful lawyer. I mean, it's, it is impressive in its own yeah. right. Passing the bar is impressive. It's, I mean, I didn't do it right, and I, I couldn't do it right now, uh, for sure. And I don't know if I ever could, but certainly if I if you put the bar in front, of the, I, I definitely I, it would be intimidating to a, a, a crazy degree. So there there's value within it, but I think that like that perspective is like it's not just like oh there's other people like. People have their that, that that's the PC answer, right? Sure. Is people have their own paths, and you don't ever know where they came from. And it's correct, though. It is. It it, it is. It, yeah, I feel like we've been really PC the last like little bit here. A little too boring. Like everyone's tuned have. out, but now we, we, but, we yeah. have. <clears throat> yeah. So I don't. It, I, well, I think that the, the, the like that's that's the extra perspective though is that like you know you you get to it. You didn't just see other sides of talent, other sides that you appreciated. Other sides of talent, you know, you 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 understood it. Well, it was certainly. It, it, I, I kind of want curious to you too about how the mm-hmm. the bartending realm. I don't know if I'm using the right terms there. Hospitality, whatever the terms. We don't we don't just say realm. <laughs> Realm's not not big in the bartending world. Like I mean, my D and D fan, like in our little Dungeons and Dragons. Is that what? The, yes. Is that a D and D? Okay, all right. I was, uh, I was trying to make you feel like a nerd for saying realm. Realm. Yeah, I don't well, play. I, I'm a huge nerd, but. Um, but yeah, so in that, in your little your world, your bartending service industry, mm-hmm. that creative world that you're in, because it's extremely creative, right? Um, and successful. I mean, you're, I mean, come on, you're you're a big guy, top five, world class. Hey, hey. Um, but that's, um, you know, was that uh, did that challenge any of the uh, of the the preconceptions you were brought up with, you know, because it's such a change for me, right? So when I got into, when when you say you saw another side of the world in the arts, in theater, mm-hmm. that's very true. But not just from a talent activity standpoint, it was mostly true from a, from a worldview standpoint, right? So I, not that I grew up sheltered, I didn't grow up sheltered at all, but it was, um, you know, I, it was a lot of faith, a lot of like Judeo-Christian kind of vibes mm-hmm. in my youth, right? Well, those were challenged in many, many ways, you know, it, particularly when I started to get into the arts and being exposed to, more, exposed to more creativity, different, you know, d- types of people, different lifestyles. And that was probably the most valuable part of those experiences right. because I yeah. got to, <clears throat> I got to really, uh, I don't want to say test my uh, worldview, but but certainly that's part of it. Really, it got to be exposed to more things, and so I guess that's my question regarding the creative world of bartending and service. Is there a similar bent there, or maybe were you already like a hipster already, and so that was just ingrained in you? Not that you're uh, a hipster, but you know, I definitely check some boxes. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, when I when I'm left home. I I moved out as soon as it was kind of feasible. Sure. So like I was 18 and I, I I wanted to move out earlier but I didn't. I graduated, I went over the summer and just didn't do much. And then I I I, I left home and I lived in my car for a while. That was where I experienced the more uh, alternative How long was that? How long were you living in your car? No, I, I would I would couch surf as well, but, sure, but better yeah. better part of better part of like a year plus. Like I have a book idea called How to be a successful homeless that I've really people didn't know percolating on for a while, but it, we can talk about that off off air. But uh, off I mic. really want yeah off mic. But I really want to like I, I feel like I could write this. I want to be I want to try and be homeless for a year and write a book on how to be you successful homeless. 
You could do that. My wife says no. Yeah, that's, but yeah. Anyway. I mean, you got to be minimal. But I just think it requires a 24-hour gym membership, and that's your key. Yep. You got to have a place where you can clean up, you know, because I think there's a very fine line between uh, being fit and homeless. I, you ever yeah, notice that? Yeah, I yeah. agree. They're, yeah. they're very trim. Yeah. Most, most, unless they're you like. You see a guy, though, and you're like, yeah, you're just like, man, he's just really Men, fit. And then lot. you're like, oh, or is he homeless? I'm yeah. not sure. Is he just is he just very low body fat percentage? Yeah, exactly. You're like he's a runner, he's a runner's yeah. body. Yeah, you're like, well, he's just not eating. Genetically yeah. blessed, but yeah. yeah. Uh, no, the uh, when I was when I was living in my car, I used to stop at. I used to. I was working, uh, and so I, you know, I would go to the. I was working at the hotel at the time in Tampa, and I would go into the. They had like a pool. There was a private pool, and I would go to the pool, and I would like jump to the pool and then like go into the showers by the pool and like shower off there. And, uh, they had like, they, they, they would wash your work clothes and I would just have them wash all my clothes and I'd just give them like 20 bucks. It's amazing what 20 bucks will get you. Uh, not now, but, not, not, yeah. but then so it's, yeah, it's like sure. 50. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was 13, 14 years ago. So right. yeah, I'm getting old as well. But, uh, yeah. So 20 bucks is still a good tip though. Right. Yeah. Like if whatever the activity is, right. That you slide a 20, that, that has meaning. It did when I, well, I was in Bellman. That's how you held a car. You're like, Slime 20 hey. doesn't ask me. All right, okay. Even, even now, it, it does. Even though that like 20 doesn't mean what it does, it's still, it's like still, it's right. 20. Something about the 20 spot. Because, because you have to think about it though. It goes from like 1, 5, 10, 20, and it doesn't double to 40. Exactly. It goes to 50. Exactly. So 20, 50 is a lot. But you're putting out there at 50. 50 is weird yeah. actually because why not 100? Like 100 <laughs> is, I mean, honestly though, but you already well, got, here's, who uh, has if you're going to boss. Who carries fifties? You're not getting fifties from the ATM. No one has fifties. Twenties, hundreds. Yeah. So There's if you no, have, so no if one has 50s. so that's the jump is that you might have a random fifty, which I've tipped before, and, and you know what I'm be honest with you. If you have a fifty on you, very convenient, very very good tip when you go out and drink. You that's know, a solid. Yeah. Well, when you drink an excessive amount like I do and a probably get hooked up, tip. you know, you're sitting there, your bill's twenty bucks, and it should have been one hundred and sixty, and you're like fifty. When you say it's an excessive amount. Um, I'm fascinated by this. I'm, we're, I'm, I'm sorry. I derailed your whole time. You were talking about living in a car, and you were, oh, it okay. was really, it was, you were, you know, it was going to be some poignant material there. But oh, no, it's okay. Let's keep going. When you are, it'll come up when later. You're, when you're ta- yeah, when you're talking about drinking for, you know, excessive amounts, I, I'm fascinated by how, how drunkenness manifests itself in different people. Oh, you man. have to be an expert in this, right? In seeing the various yes. levels. I'm not familiar with all of them. I know mine. I know my wife's. I know other people's. Um, what's your, what, what's you? What, what's, how does drunkenness manifest itself in you? You, I, well, I know you get emotional. That's for damn sure. You know that. I, well, it depends though, because if I'm with people that I like know and trust, okay, sure. Then, yeah. Then, that's then a it comes, story, it comes right? out emotional. Yeah. It comes out as like, like genuine, like kind, emotional, like openness. Yeah, yeah. When it's around people Bear, that I don't, soul bearing. Yes, when it comes up, I, I still bear my soul around people that I don't know when I'm when I'm drunk. But so you draw them in? Oh, I no, I, I roast them. I'm <laughs> I'm mean. I'm mean to people that are stupid when I'm drunk. That I that I perceive oh, yeah. as stupid. Yeah. And it's it's and it's I I wish I could be that incisive and and and, and cutting all the, all the time in my normal life. Sure. I feel like. I feel like as long as I could control it, it would be so beneficial. That's yeah, Larry David. You but, want to be that? Yeah, yeah, I'm not though. I'm, I'm so much nicer and more yeah. like gregarious. But when I when I'm when I'm drinking, it's the the filter's not there. Mm. And but it's the thing is, it's still fairly like coherent. Sure. People don't know when I'm. They'll be like, "Man, you were a dick last night." And like, I was like, I was. I don't even remember. I was drunk. Wow. I was like so drunk. I was like brownout drunk. Right. And they're like, "What? You were still talking?" And I was like, "That's the last thing to go." 
I'll be like not be able to walk, but I'll be like saying stupid yeah. fucking SAT words that I remembered. Yeah, you're like I'm still talking philosophy despite my level of drunkenness. No, and I, no, I mean it's embarrassing yeah. when I listen to it. People are like, no, you were still, but of course they were drinking yeah. as well, yeah. not as much as me. But you know, um, they'll they'll consider sure. that. Oh yeah, you you were you were as drunk as we were. We weren't we weren't hammered. And I'm like, you have no idea. And you know, it actually is is really a a struggle when I'm dating women. Because when they go out with me, they think that it's like, it's like a, it's a, we're going to go out and get drunk with this guy. Like, let's go out and part, let's go like out and how drink. You said dating women as opposed to, yeah, well, dating men is so much easier. Yeah, well, I mean, it's so much easier. You're like minded. Yeah. There's all kinds Same of priorities. There's all kinds of clarity. Yeah, yeah. For clarity all the time. Yeah, constant clarity. I mean, anyway, uh, yeah, I, when I'm, when I'm, when I'm on dates with women, oftentimes it'll be like, it's like a, the, 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 I don't know. I don't know what to call it exactly, but you know, it's it's an event for them where they're going to go out and go to a bunch. They know they're going to go to a bunch of places, and I'm because that's I mean, that's what I enjoy doing anyway. So I'm leading them there. But I'm gonna. Do you want to be that guy? Is that you want to be the guy that's no. like you're like I know the I know all the people. Yes, I can get yes. You in. Oh, that yes. A certain part of that's appealing to for women, sure. certainly. This is ingrained from my grandfather. He yeah. knew everybody in the town. Everyone liked him. He was very oh, well liked. I used to drive around comes from, as a small this child. Is what where does it come from? I'm so fat. Oh, like, yeah. where, where does that come from? Like you're, you, you know all the it spots. Like you know the people. Like yep. that's it. Just comes so naturally. My dad you. did it too, though. But my grandfather, which is probably why my mom found what she she appreciated my dad. But my grandfather, I used to just drive around. He knew every person. Everybody liked him. Everyone in the town relied on him in some way. And, you know, the thing is, he didn't spend that much time with his family sometimes mm-hmm. at home, but he was always out. He was always doing things, and everyone in the, everyone knew him. Like, oh, you're Fran's grandson, literally, in the small little town he was in. So, no, I, when I was little, I was like, a, my little marshmallow brain was absorbing and was like, this is what is good. He also was the oldest child, like I was, and he also took care of his brothers, and so that was also like you, 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 every. It's important to be well liked, and you need right. to know everybody, and need to know everything. You need to be charismatic, and and I mean, as a child, there's a story that my my grandmother who passed away, she used to like to talk about a lot, uh, where I would, I was like, I, I barely, I actually, this is like one of foundational memory. I barely remember, but I remember it. But I was at some like diner, and I was, I stood up on the table, and you know, you know that when you're a kid, you'll imagine something running in the car next to you. You know, you know, you're sure. looking out the window. Good. So, like, I, I, you know, I would imagine a dinosaur running next to us. What kind of dinosaur? It was a Tyrannosaurus Rex, obviously. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I'd be I mean, specific. I mean, Come on, you know, you got a uh, freaking brontosaurus there. They can't run that fast. Like, it was a Velociraptor or Tyrannosaurus. Yeah. So uh, I was like four or something or five. I was very young, and uh, I. My grandmother was asking me about the dinosaur that I saw because we had to drive. She lived in the country, so we had to drive pretty far to go see her. And uh, I not only told her about it, I like stood up on the table and all of her friends were like laughing and oh my goodness. And I stood up on the table and told them about this dinosaur in graphic detail. And I mean, it wasn't like anything disturbing, but you know, I, yeah, I did that. And she would always tell this story over and over again. In fact, oh man, I, 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 don't, I don't tell people this story that often. Well, this is what There's, we're doing. Yeah. We're just kind of pulling out material here. This is good. There, the, get, when, I, when I was born, get into I, the I wasn't core. crying is the story. <laughs> That's the story. Is Don't all babies cry when they're born? That men I'm do. not trying to diminish your origin story. Many there, do, but. especially when the, the you know they cut the umbilical cord. And they go, wah, wah. I was not doing that. Apparently, 
I was babbling. I was blah, 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 like just babbling, not crying. Okay, out of the mouth of babes. Yep, and the doctor was holding me, and he said this. He said, uh, (laughs) so says everybody. So he had delivered delivered two of my uncles, who were much older than me, obviously. It's a small town? Syracuse, New York, St. Joseph's Hospital. It's the biggest hospital in the area. Uh, So, yeah, he delivered two of my uncles, the the ones from, they, they weren't, they were my dad's half brothers technically but he delivered them and so he knew my whole family before i was okay. even considered and so boom it's this old ass 80 year old doctor and he's looking at me it was like probably the last fucking baby in our lineage he's gonna deliver yeah and uh he's like i'm just crying he cuts the umbilical cord and he gives him mom and he, before he gives him my mom he looks at me he's like wow like i've never seen a baby just keep talking instead of crying he has something to tell the world and like handed the oh, baby to my mom and, and here you are and so those two stories were told to me over and over again, yeah. all the time. And Parents love to tell birth stories, oh, they right? Do. They just love to hone in on birth it, stories. It influences right? you, and though. I've, have you ever met any human being where they're like, yeah, it was pretty uneventful birth? Well, that's what my... Nothing happened, dude. They came out. They were fine. Really nothing to tell. No one has that birth story. Nobody. Everyone has... I almost, yeah, my, I almost died. My, I had brain damage. I was resuscitated. My, I have I two brothers. Late. It was a breach. I was... I'm on a comium birth. I shit. And then I ate it. And then yep. I was born. Like, everyone has some we dramatic Satan story. And yeah, just exactly. like the baby yeah. just appeared. Yeah. My younger brother... I have two younger brothers. The middle one, who's the, right, right, right underneath me in age, he was huge. He was just a big, like, ten and a half pound baby, like, huge-ass baby. And, like, it was a very tough birth for my mother, obviously. My mom's, like, five foot two. She's not a big woman. And, like, you know, it was, like, you know, I I feel bad for her, to be honest with you. And my brother has a big-ass, thick head. When we would, like, be wrestling as kids, I'm three years old than him, you'd bump into his head and you're like, God, fuck, like, it just hurt. Like, so I I felt bad for my mom my whole life for that. He's a big head. He has a big, thick skull. But uh, my youngest brother... Uh, had his umbilical cord wrapped around his neck. Well, there's that too. That's and so there's so there's the there's the there's the three stories. There you go. That there they are. Yeah, you got them. You know what? Them all. What's what's your uh, my birth? No, that's it. It was a, I was a. It's called a Macomian birth. I'm a miracle child. Ah, okay. I, you know, shit before <laughs> I came out. And Very so good. I was, like consuming my own fecal matter. Ah. Whatever. It's disgusting. Babies aren't supposed to survive. You're supposed to have brain damage. Somehow yep, I yep, survived. Yep. It's you know whatever. I don't. I mean, you have brain damage, but. Well, clearly there were some, but, yeah, there's just some suffering, <laughs> lingering. Now, I mean, clearly, yeah, like I'm like deformed, and that's why the post-dump clarity joke was so meaningful. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's, it's intrinsic <laughs> it's because, to your. That's my whole life. My whole, whole life origin. Is, my that, whole, my started whole, the world. My whole origin was a fear dump. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. come on. I took a fear dump, and it was premature, yeah. and then yeah. I have all this clarity now. Yes. It was like, it was like a, a baptism of sorts. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. What a... Uh, really man. came full circle there. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Wow. There you go. Wow. That's, uh, that's one for the Patreon, I guess. That, that is the Patreon. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's weird. You know. Okay, so I have one question. I think we should try to wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna ask we you, didn't really get into any... We did not. ...meaningful... We so, didn't. We're, there, there'll, there will be. You tease. You're like, I want to talk about, you know, like philosophy. I'm like, you know, we are not qualified to talk about this. No, I know. But but worldview, morality, meaning, origin. So I, I have one question. Uh, what is the basis for morality outside the Bible, and how can we get people to agree on this? Is this a real question? Yes. This is great. 
right. It's, so, it's, yeah. it's like the hardest last. Oh, question. this is a great. This is, is this. Did you have other questions I, for other people? I had. I have no, no. But they're like I just. I, yes, I've established. Entire... I'm setting the lowest bar. We know this is the worst one. I know. I, I accept uh... that. But my point, my guess, my question is: Did you go through questions with other people? Because I got virtually no questions. You did get three of the oh, you just seven. Slid them I in slid there. them in there. Like that's why I didn't introduce you fully, discreetly. You slid I did, in because I, I wanted to, to illuminate the crowd with how who oh, you were as I we see. went on. He was just nonchalant. Because you're not just a you lawyer. You were so nonchalant about it. There to me. Oh, look! I got all these questions. Now you're coming out last question, chalantly. Chalant. Here we go. All right, so what's, what's the question? What is what the, is basis the basis for morality outside of the Bible? So, like, what, what, obviously, like, the Bible could be, for people who are religious or non-religious, could be a, a, a basis for morality. But not how do we find it, but, like, what basis is there outside of the Bible for morality? And how can we get people of all different uh, backgrounds and beliefs to agree on this? I think the question is a little narrow, okay? And let me maybe tweak it or maybe answer it. Right, mm-hmm. so I would say, because um, the Bible's a little narrow, right? We've got billions of people that are religious or theistic or believe in a creator of some kind that don't believe in the Bible necessarily, sure. right? So I would say that <clears throat> the real answer would be an organized religion would be a moral lawgiver. That's my real answer is is to say, um, if you if you posit there's a moral law, then you have to assume there's a moral lawgiver, right, that, that can establish good and evil or at least the ability to, to differentiate between good and evil. But so, do you think that there's intrinsic... So I, I guess so the question's I, but, more like... So I would, tweak the, I would tweak the question and say, what's the basis of morality outside of a... Outside of God. Outside of, outside of a moral lawgiver, right? Outside well, of a creator or God. The reason I ask it is because there... And I, I thank you for the reframing. I think that that's correct. But well, the reason I ask it is because... There seems to be an agreed upon morality that that I'm not talking about the fringes. Sure. I'm talking about like let's say most people that you would run into, and pedophilia is an easy one, right? That like most people would, at least on the surface, would di- say that pedophilia is wrong, right? And it's a, the simplest way to put it. And I think that like there's certain things that, and I'm not I'm not trying to push a narrative in any type of way. No. Sorry. I think that the the theistic religions and Bibles are foundational in that they gave us the world that we have today. But there seems to be some kind of basis for morality outside of those things that like, that are cross-cultural because, because you know, there, there are disagreements. I think it's tough. I think it's tough though. Uh, so sure. I mean, historically you could argue that, I mean, well, you could argue that the government takes that place, right? So the two, sure. the two, impositions of morality tend to be either faith or government, right? Now, I'm not a huge fan of government instituting morality, but I I mean, my per- we can argue, I mean, I, I like, our, and I don't mean argue as in conflict, I mean discuss, oh, yeah. right? Uh, we can argue like all different sides of it. My real answer to your question, though, and, and I think this is important, right? Is I don't think there is one. Right. You know, and that's just, I mean, that's tough, right? Because you get into that discussion, but that's my, I, I don't think there is a coherent uh, basis for morality outside of a creator. I really don't. I know Sam Harris would certainly disagree with me, but like, um, <clears throat> and not that he would ever that not that that ever occasion would ever happen. But 
But my point even is, even if you heard this podcast, but I don't. Yeah, even if you heard it, you'd be like, I don't fucking care. But so. I like the post-not clarity part. I don't, yeah, like that was good. And then they went downhill <laughs> yeah. from there. Maybe they got me back with something else, but uh, that was, once they start tra- trying to be like smart, then yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't think there is a basis for uh, morality or truth outside of a creator. Like we live in a, right? Your truth, my truth, right? That's big. It's for the last like five, 10 years, right? Or we've started to dip our toe into the your truth, my truth thing, which is fascinating because there is no your truth and my right. truth. There is only the truth. Right. But how do you get to the truth or a truth? Um, you know, and I, I think you have to have some absolutes that define that. But let's, let's play the question out, right? What are the sources of morality outside of God, outside of a creator, right? Well, you have to have some common. There's, there's, there's herd morality, right? Like to, well, for me, I just kind the of greater that. good, right. right? That's that. That's the thing, right? So well, we believe upon... we believe in the greater good. And so, what does that mean? Like, um, some people might say, uh, whatever. I think what you're getting a lot right now in culture is like whatever drives you to happiness. Mm-hmm. But see, that's very self-involved. That's very, um, you know that narcissistic in a way you know because happiness or pleasure becomes like the ultimate uh, ethic you know that that's the supreme ethic is like well whatever you feel you know you've got to I mean think of I mean we can countless cliches right follow your heart love is love like whatever you feel do what makes you happy these are all you know be true be true to yourself like pick (laughs) pick a cliche you know what I mean you know it's like do what you feel like all all those things follow your heart well until you what until your heart leads you to pedophilia Right. right, love is love unless it's not unless it's pet- I'm just leaning yeah, into your right. pedophilia right, right, right. example it's an easy one you know it's Long an easy one right we pretty much we can all agree on that one right, right. Yeah, I mean we, we can't agree on much anymore but like at least that one mostly we're fine with there's always going to be maybe. someone who's, who's contrary yeah. to everything sure right well because but you can make the you know you can make the argument and most people would make the argument or at least they would make you know hey they're born that way you know what? what well, that's an interesting but, thing, though, because the born that way thing that when I was, you know, I was growing up, and my parents were very uncomfortable with homosexual people, which was, you know, when I was growing up, I was like, why? I didn't understand it. And when like gay marriage was, I was like, they should get, they definitely be able to get married. And sure, it, and agree. It happened. And that, and that, that was that was a progressive point at one point. But you know, now uh, I, I, I can say that I am definitely and happily. Um, uh, oh, you're happily gay now? So. Happily gay, that's right. Like, I mean, I'm gay in everyday life, of course. Like, oh, yeah. it's, just, it's just gay. Gay, gay is a feeling. It's not a, a lifestyle. Right. Uh, but, no, I can say that, uh, you know, I... It's confusing because being born something used to be the, the main point where it's like, look, gay people are born gay. But now, and like I said, I'm, I'm, well, like I was trying to say... I'm blissfully ignorant of of the intricacies because it gets confusing to me. Well, we've so, added a lot of letters to it now. So. Right. And, right. And, and, and it, But it crumbles into itself. It does. Because I don't know what... There's the... Do you know Matt I don't Walsh? know what being... I'm aware. What is a woman? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm aware. What is a woman sure. thing? Have you and seen it? I have. And it's... You're a subscriber to the Daily Wire? I'm not a subscriber. What a bigot you are. I'm a tertiary a terrible observer. human person. Um, you, you, yeah. I've seen it. I saw it and I, I thought it's okay. I mean, it's not the craziest, but it, it's a good example about how if you're unwilling to have conversations and, and to, to challenge your own beliefs, especially when it comes to these things, 
that your your arguments are built on nothing. It's just it's ideology. Yeah. And 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 I think so this uh, maybe we'll talk about it another time. Not we don't want to bore people, but let me, yeah. I tell you, one of the areas where I feel like people, I wish one of the things I got out of law school that I wish everyone could get is a lesson in the First Amendment. And I don't just mean it like free speech first. I just mean in the history and how it came to be and the development of that over time within our society. Um, but it goes right to what you're talking about here, right? It's having a conversation. Is that I, I really think that people don't have a clear understanding that, that the point of the First Amendment is to invite dispute. Right. And that is so crucial, not because you're creating conflict or creating chaos, but because the only way to hone your beliefs is to challenge them. Right. And the only way to do that is to invite dispute. And there's... You know, there's a huge theme that runs throughout the course of First Amendment case law, which is the marketplace of ideas. Some people call it the arena of ideas, right? Mm. And in the arena of ideas, or the marketplace of ideas, only the weakest are afraid of open dialogue or of open discourse, right? And the idea that um, it is it, just because something might cause offense or you may think it's wrong or bad or whatever the case may be, all the more reason to let it in. Right, we're not trying to like constrict offensive speech, but this goes into the like open dialogue, and people are so afraid to have dialogue that is contradictory to. I mean, th- your question, right? Where does morality come from? I could sit here and be like, mm, I don't think it. No, there is no morality outside of God. Or we could explore it and say, well, most people don't go walk- walking around raping and murdering, so we must have some collective idea of what's for the greater good, right? right. And that must come from somewhere because not everybody believes in God, right? right? But most people abide by these kind of strictures. Now, there is still a real influence of the Judeo-Christian ethic. Oh, for sure. I think it might be a chicken versus egg type thing where it's like, you know, if you really want to zoom way out, which is a convenient, usually convenient for your own argument when you zoom way out. Sure, yeah. But, you know, I think that... Big picture. Right. let's, Let's zoom back out for my... (laughs) <laughs> my, my point. But I think that, you know, when, when you zoom way out like that, you say, okay, so and God God and, and the Bible have not been around forever, and people weren't always murdering sure. and killing each other because we wouldn't exist. Now, maybe there was more, but it doesn't matter. Like, if it was pure anarchy and, cha- anarchy and chaos, we wouldn't have civilized society. You know, and, and you could say that there's a chaos, that, that, that there's order put to the chaos with with religions, which, which there's a fair argument for that. But I think what you're saying is, what, what you were saying is like, that there's there's some kind of moral line where you know that things are intrinsically bad or good, like at, at a base level, like killing somebody. Like maybe maybe you don't feel personally bad, but you know that it's not a a net positive, right? Like to kill somebody, right? Because it's if you're in a group, it's not, it's not part of the the, the the great. It doesn't bring you happiness. It doesn't bring greater civil, you know. The people that are around you, even if you're a caveman, the people around you are fearful of you, right? Like, instead of being, like, cheering you well, on or... that goes or, back to the happiness point, right? It's like, okay, so what... But happiness what is, is it? that... This is such a... It's a, it's a it's fake love it, drug yeah, yeah, that true. is pumped into everyone's head that you have to be happy. Happiness makes you dull and weak. And in fact, like, what you're saying, 